Hey, Shepherd family, this is Pastor Scott Seidler, and I bring grace to you and peace from God our Father, through our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. The text for today's message is Revelation chapters 19 through 21, three whole chapters. We're not going to read it all, but at the same time, I do want to survey all three chapters. I want to survey all three chapters in our continuing study of the book of Revelation, learning what it means to find rest for our souls in Revelation, because that's the purpose of Revelation, not to discomfort or make uncertain, but rather to provide the Sabbath rest God wants for his holy people. Rest in this present moment, but also with a vision toward the final rest that God offers for us in Jesus Christ. As we gather today, I want to also recognize that um, God is not in this for just himself, but there is something that comes to God through this. And we're going to learn about that in a, just a second. I want to teach you these words today, though. I want to teach you the word praise. I want to teach you the word purchase. And I want to teach you the word provision. Praise, purchase, and provision. That's going to lead us through our study of Revelation chapters 19, 20, and 21 today. As we make our way into this, you know, it's a reminder that while God has trudged and trolleyed with his people through history, he has been faithful to them through thick and thin. When it comes down to the end of Revelation, he does get a little something out of it. And you see this at the very beginning of Revelation chapter 19. This word that's repeated, repeated again and again and again, is a word simply of praise. Listen in as I read for you from Revelation chapter 19, just a few select verses. Beginning at verse 1, John writes, After this, I heard what sounded like a vast crowd in heaven shouting, Praise the Lord. Salvation and glory and power belong to our God. Verse 3, And again their voices rang out, Praise the Lord. The smoke from that Babylon city ascends forever and ever. The elders, verse 4, they fell at his feet and they cried out, Amen, and praise the Lord. Verse 5, and from the throne came a voice that said, Praise our God, all his servants. Verse 6, then I heard again what sounded like the shout of a vast crowd or the roar of a mighty ocean wave, crashing loud thunder. Praise the Lord. The first word that we learn from Revelation chapter 19 is a word of praise. As we study the reward of Revelation in these chapters, the first reward goes to God. The God who through his son's blood shed on the cross redeemed you and I. The God who faithfully walked with his people from Genesis chapter 1 all the way to Revelation chapter 22, which we'll get to in next week's sermon. This faithful God deserves praise. This faithful God and that act of praise is such an integral part of a Christian's life. When we communicate with God, one of the most important things we can do is prepare for that day of final entry into God's heavenly kingdom by learning what it means to say, praise God. Thank you for your blessings. Thank you for your victory. Thank you that you have made me your very own child. 
Which brings us to the second P today. Praise turns to purchase. That is to say, God has purchased and won us to be his very own, not with gold or silver, but with the precious blood of Jesus and his innocent sufferings and death. God did that. And that purchase becomes complete, total, and absolute, inviolable in chapter 19 of Revelation. Again, let me just share with you some of these words, beginning at verse 6. Praise the Lord, for our Lord, our God, the Almighty reigns. Let us be glad and rejoice, and let us give honor to Him, for the time has come for the wedding feast of the Lamb, and His bride has prepared herself. She has been given the finest of pure white linen to wear, for the fine linen represents the good deeds of God's holy people. And the angel said to me, write this, Blessed are those who are invited to the wedding feast of the Lamb. And he added, These are true words. These are true words that come from God. We have a picture here of our ultimate purchase. What God wants is for us to be wholly His. And the only way we become wholly His is by Him putting His holiness, the blood, uh, holiness, and righteousness of Jesus Christ on us. These blood-washed white robes are what qualify us for entering God's kingdom, His heavenly place of victory. And so today, you know, we think about purchase and I think about another kind of wedding feast, a wedding feast or a wedding that I've been a part of hundreds of times as a pastor. And in the wedding service that you and I are familiar with, oftentimes there is a moment, a kind of tremoring moment in the service where the priest or the pastor may say, is there anyone who objects to this wedding? And, uh, you know, we don't really do it as much anymore because you just never know the crazies that are going to show up and say, hey, uh, I'd like to maybe have a chance to marry her. Maybe. I don't know. So we don't really do that. But one of the things that I still do today is that after the vows have been exchanged, after the rings have been placed on the left hand, fourth fingers, I put my hand on their hands this young couple who've just committed their lives to one another in holy matrimony, as we say. And I use these words. What God has joined together, let no one put asunder. That bridegroom, by his vows, has purchased the bride. That bride, by her vows, has purchased the groom. And that purchase is sacred. It is about giving one's life to each other and by doing so saying, care for me, care for me forever, care for me through the toughest times, for better, for worse, richer, for poorer, in sickness and in health, in pandemics and not, care for me. God's care through the bridegroom Jesus Christ for his bride to the church is, is persevering and constant. And there is a reward that is coming where that purchase, which is made now by faith in the blood of Jesus, that purchase will be made complete and by sight. We will see the God who has purchased and won us to be his very own. So we have praise, we have purchase, 
The last P is provision, which is oftentimes what we really think about when we read the book of Revelation, the provisions, the blessings, the gifts that we get as we enter into this eternal kingdom of our God. Again, just listen with me as I read from Revelation chapter 21. John writes, Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the old heaven and the old earth had disappeared, and the sea was also gone. And I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven like a bride, a bride beautifully dressed for her husband. I heard a loud shout from the throne saying, Look, God's home is now among his people. He will live with them and they will be his people. God himself will be with them. He will wipe every tear from their eyes. And there will be no more death or sorrow or crying or pain. All these things, all these things are gone forever. Praise turns to purchase and yields provision. The provision that I want you to see here is a very special kind of provision. And I want to just talk about this for a while. I want to cement this, right? This is a six bagger of concrete right now. If you know concrete and cement laying, this is a six bag. We are going to cement this into the hearts and minds of you who are listening to this this message today, that the vision that we have of heaven is not one of wings on our back, floating with clouds beneath our feet in the skies with the angels. The vision that we have is a very materialistic one. This is materialism in the best way, and it is not secular. It is sublime. It is not immoral materialism. It is not self-generated materialism. It is the kind of materialism that is authored by God. A materialism that goes back all the way to the beginning of the Bible, Genesis chapter 1, and now finds its fulfillment, its completion in Revelation chapter 21. A materialism where we read that there is a new heaven and a new earth, and on these cheeks of the redeemed that God has gathered in the sight of his throne, he wipes away physical salty tears from my eye. He heals the disease of my body. He takes away the mortality of my life. And yet I am still a physical being standing on physical ground in a redeemed, resurrected body of the most glorious kind. That's the vision of heaven. That is the outcome of revelation. That is the hope and anchor of the Christian faith. And I remind you that the body that God created in Genesis chapter 1 is sacred. It is sacred to God. It is the pinnacle of his creation. He's not ashamed of our physicality, our materiality. He made it to the praise of of his glory. And when it fell into sin, he sent his son so that it might be purchased and won back to be his own again. And then at the very end, when victory has been won, the devil is thrown into the lake of fire. We, the redeemed, are gathered in this new heaven and new earth with our bodies in the presence of God in some mysterious, miraculous way. That's the reward of heaven that I want to remind you of today. If I can be a little bit silly, but you'll see where I'm going in a short moment. You know, anybody who knows me knows I, I love golf. And I often wonder whether in the physicality and materiality of heaven, I will be afforded the opportunity 
to fashion a hickory stick, put on the end of it some mined metal ore, find a ball of some kind, maybe a walnut, an apple from an apple tree, I don't know, and take a swing. I sometimes wonder, I know it's silly, but just hear me out on this. I sometimes wonder if God will give me a lawnmower made by somebody else who's an engineer because I don't know how to make things like that and be able to mow a tee box and a little fairway and a little green and I might use my hickory stick with mined metal on the end of it and this apple or walnut that I found and I can go from beginning to end, tee box to green. I wonder if there's golf in heaven. Oh, you're saying, Scott, you're, you're obsessed with golf. Yes, I am. But maybe you're obsessed with knitting and crocheting. Maybe you're obsessed with walking with your honey while you've got the dog on a leash. Maybe you're obsessed with hiking up in the mountains. Maybe you're obsessed with fishing in the sea. Maybe you're obsessed with other things that are equally material, equally physical. And with me, you wonder, will I get to when I get to heaven? I don't know. I'm only speculating. But there's something that tells me that heaven is going to be something miraculous like that. And Revelation 21 cements, it's a six-bagger, it cements in my heart and mind this truth. That God loves me, soul and body. Jesus Christ came into this world, soul and body in order to redeem and purchase me to the praise of his glory, to be his very own, so that I may live with him for all eternity. Amen. And now may the peace of God, which passes all understanding, may it guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus, both now and forever. Amen.